Welcome to the second episode in our series on play. I am really excited to share an interview with you today with Graham Fraser, who is the leader of a popular outdoor preschool program, as well as one of the creators of the Twigs Outdoors app. So he is going to talk to us a bit about the importance of play, about extended time outdoors, and what he has seen as he has worked in outdoor preschools. And he's also going to tell us a little bit more about the Twigs Outdoors app, which is a wonderful resource that he has helped to create to give parents and educators a little bit of inspiration for playing outside. I can't wait for you to hear it, so let's get started. Welcome to Happy Outdoor Families, the podcast that encourages and equips families to spend more time exploring and playing together outside. I'm your host, Emily Eisenbarger, and I hope that as you listen in each week, you will feel inspired and excited about reconnecting your kids and yourselves with the outdoors. Each Monday, I will be bringing you a grown-up episode featuring conversations about all things outdoor play and adventure-related. Every Wednesday, make sure you tune in for an episode just for the kids to listen to with their grown-ups, where I will bring you a simple play invitation to get you started with some fun, open-ended outdoor play. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back, everybody. I am excited to have another wonderful guest on the podcast today. Graham Fraser has been an outdoor preschool leader for over 10 years in Scotland and Canada and currently runs Woods and Waves, a popular outdoor preschool program in Vancouver. When Graham had to close the doors of his preschool during the COVID-19 pandemic, he found creative ways to continue engaging with his families remotely and provide them with resources to continue to have meaningful play outside. This led he and three of his friends to start brainstorming ways to reach even more families. This is how the Twigs app was born. Twigs is an app for parents and caregivers to use as their go-to resource for activities, ideas, and guidance to support outdoor imaginative play. I am excited to have Graham here with us today to share some of his experiences with outdoor play and more about this wonderful resource that he has helped to create. So Graham, welcome to Happy Outdoor Families. Hello, Emily. Thank you for having me. So to start off, can you share a little bit more about your background? What led to a career in outdoor preschools? Well, it uh, definitely wasn't by design. I grew up in the Highlands of Scotland and I was essentially raised uh, in the wilderness, so to speak. My house was right by a big woodland area with streams going through it. So without even knowing when I was growing up, that was shaping my future uh, because when I was a little older in uh, the big recession back in the UK around 2009, I started volunteering uh, with local programs, just helping kids aged three to 12, like with sports and with uh, golf, soccer, and also being an uncle at a young age. Uh, I was an uncle from 13 onwards and I've got uh, many nieces and nephews. I had uh, been around kids from a long time. So it was one day I noticed an advert in the local newspaper about a school called Woodland Outdoor Kindergartens who are hiring for outdoor educations. And back then, uh, forest schools were still quite new in the UK. So it sounded something really interesting to me. And the founders there, Alison and Debbie, were very kind to uh, to take me on and put me through my yeah. qualifications. And I spent three years there in Scotland before 
coming out to Canada in 2013 and continuing my uh, my work in the outdoors with preschool children. So so now you're at Woods and Waves, yes. which is an outdoor preschool up in, in Vancouver. Can you tell me a little bit about what a typical day is like at your preschool? Uh, yes. Yeah, so after many years working in the outdoors, we, I set up my own uh, Woods and Waves. And there is a loose structure to the day so that the kids can identify with uh, certain parts of the day so they can understand the flow of the day, so to speak. So we have a little meeting when they arrive at drop-off. And then later on in the day, we have a little routine around our snack time and hand washing. And then we all have a snack together in the circle. And then at the end of the day, it's time to pack up for pickup, as we call it, where we make sure that we've packed in everything that we uh, took with us and make sure we've left the space exactly as we found it. And we have little routines, those three little routines. But apart from that, it's very open-ended uh, by design. Yeah. We give the kids ample time for unstructured play and our role as the educators is to observe what the kids are into and through that observation we can design future activities future learnings tools that we may take in books that we may take out and we are definitely involved in the play with the children as well but we we tend to wait to be invited into the play as opposed to us you know being the uh the authority figure so to speak or the ones really leading the day from start to finish so it's really open-ended for example the other day we stumbled across a Christmas tree that someone had discarded which uh, wasn't too kind of them but it gave us a whole day worth of play so we had Christmas in June oh yeah when the kids took the uh, <laughs> Christmas tree around with them and then ultimately we reported it to the park workers that uh, to come and pick it up so and there's when you find things like that like a Christmas tree there's just it goes in so many different ways the kids take it in so many directions and there's just so many conversation topics that's that uh, come from there so yeah, essentially it's it's very open-ended if if the kids need some play prompts we're we have many of those and there's definitely times when after the kids have shown us they're interested in certain topics that we will do a focused activity around that but uh, apart from the structure part of the day that I touched on it's it's uh, open-ended on purpose well that's great that's so neat and I'm I'm very envious because I've got a, one more who's still preschool age. And so I wish that, wish that I was closer for a program like that. Um, now I love how you're sharing, you've got those little bits of structure that it seems to me would really help teach the kids some stewardship of the land and to, to take care of, um, take care of the space you're in and to be responsible. And that's great. Um, but you mentioned a lot of the benefits of having all that open-ended time, right? One of the things that I've talked about before is trusting your child's play. And how much they learn when you just give them this the space to be able to play and to come up with their own ideas. Have you seen that in in the kids? It sounds like you really let them lead the way in deciding what they want to do with their days. Of course, of course. There, there's a strong balance there. So we obviously want to be, I guess, quote unquote, the authority figures there. So there still needs to be a relationship of teacher and student. But like you say, with giving the kids ample time to have unstructured play it really gives them the time to learn about the real world at their own pace and also learn about what they're interested in in my experience structured learning is getting pushed and pushed more and in, down into the early years unfortunately and it yeah. really in my opinion robs children of the chance to as i say just identify with the real world and find out what interests them if you're yeah. structuring their day not only can it lead to stress in preschoolers which is on the rise it also really doesn't give them the confidence to you know go out and learn and obviously that ties into risky play as well so we give them the opportunity to 
to climb, play with sticks, play with some of the tools we've taken out, go a little bit deeper into the ocean than maybe they might typically be allowed. And yeah, in a long story short, it just gives them the time to to learn about themselves and learn about the real world at their own pace and with no real end goal or any check boxes in mind. Now, you've obviously got a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge about outdoor play and outdoor education. So if you had to kind of narrow it down and think about some of the greatest benefits that you think children gain from having this kind of extended time outdoors, what would you say some of those benefits are? It would be hard to give the elevator pitch, so to speak, on this. I, yeah. I feel I could talk about this as a whole podcast in itself. But oh, yeah. for me, it kind of boils down to four main benefits. It's the the connection that the children get with the land, with their surroundings. When you visit the same spaces regularly throughout the year, they see the changes in it, both human-made and also natural in terms of the seasons, but also Unfortunately, in terms of, you know, the impact that humans may have, whether that be garbage or sometimes we see some trees that have been damaged by, for example, recently we we saw that some people had chopped down a tree to make a tree house. So the children oh, wow. report Yeah, so the children reported that to the park workers, which ties me into the other main benefit for me is the part they play in the community. Children need to know uh, that they they can make a difference. And this is not to put the stress on them in the sense that, okay, we need to fix this kids it's more about mm-hmm. just to realize they have a voice and they have a part to play so we have a way and a relationship with the local park workers in vancouver and we have a way of reporting things to them so we uh if we find a big particular dump of garbage or a problem in the forest we report that to them for example one time there's this big rock uh, close to the beach where the kids love to climb and one day we arrived and it was it was covered in graffiti sadly so mm. the kids were a little bit downbeat, but then they remembered that we have the park workers on our side. And again, that builds into the community side of things. So we reported it to them. And then the next day when we arrived, they were in the process of cleaning it. So it really showed the kids that they, they can play a part in their local community and therefore the wider world. And the other benefits, three out of four, is uh, mm. the imagination. Again, tying oh, yeah. into the lack of unstructured play is the kids are just born to be imaginative they see things so differently to us and their eyes are so open to the world they're they're not pre-programmed they're not you know impacted in the same way that an adult may be with all their life experiences they're just they're so fresh and everything's so positive to them so when you play outdoors there's no real you know set tools or set toys with one or two functions and that's it it's it's really really open-ended so that you know like i know that you covered sticks recently and uh, sticks yeah. can be anything. Sticks can go in so many directions. We built a whole uh, road network the other day with just sticks and rocks. The rocks were the car, the small sticks were the humans, and the kids just played for hours just with this little community they build with the sticks and the rocks. So yeah, really fostering their imagination and being there to support it and giving them the time to support it, it really that's really sets them up for future learning. You know, by allowing them to really build their their brain essentially through this uh, open-ended play and lastly the other big benefit for me is the health benefit just constantly being on the move being in fresh air not being still unfortunately sedentary behaviors are on the rise screen time is on the rise and yeah just being outdoors just can deal with those uh, those problems and address them in the way that's we're just on the move all the time the kids are climbing up and down up and down they're carrying their own backpack so even the imagination, the community, and the play aside, just the fact that they're being able to move and enjoy the fresh air is huge. You're giving me like just 
all excited <laughs> about outdoor preschools, but it's great. And and obviously, I've talked about and heard about a lot of these benefits before, and I just love hearing that. And I I've really seen a big increase in enthusiasm for outdoor play among families, and an increased interest in programs like yours in outdoor preschools and forest schools and just co-ops, you know, families that get together and and take their kids outside, which is, I'm just so excited about that and hopeful that more and more families will start to gain some of these benefits that you're talking about from this extra time that they're getting outside and just kind of like realizing how important it is to create that connection for our kids that they can hold on to for a lifetime. Well, that's the hope that if we build the connection, then they will take that forward, take that forward in their life as stewardship of the uh, of the outdoors. Because yeah. unfortunately, when kids don't get the time to play outdoors and don't get the time to attach to their surroundings, then naturally, if they're not attached to it, if they're not aware of it, they're not really going to care for it, unfortunately. So hopefully through programs like mine and podcasts like yours, then we can get children out there and into the real world and realizing all the fun times they can have in the outdoors and therefore look after it as they grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I know that you had to close your doors in 2020 um, for a period of time because of the COVID-19 pandemic, Um, but you kept in close contact with the families from your preschool. Can you tell me about that period of time and how you were able to help families get outside during that time where we had to be apart from each other? Yes, it was a It was a scary time for me, as I'm sure it was for for everyone. Mm. And when we had to close our uh, imaginary doors, we uh, yeah, I wasn't really sure what to do because my almost my whole career had been teaching and playing in the outdoors, and I couldn't really think of how to to do that in any other way. So that's when I thought, well, you know, Graham, you're you're big on a big advocate for imagination. It's time for me to be creative and imaginative. And I'd heard a lot of people talk about Zoom, of course, uh, but I was a bit reluctant to do that because we don't try and tie too much into the technology aspect. But yeah. uh, eventually I I thought of a way around it and we did go down the Zoom, the Zoom uh, route. But we did it in a way that was there mainly just to keep the connections going because as we talk about the connections with the outdoors, the big thing we also build on is the attachments to the educators. So I wanted to make sure that attachment was maintaining the best way we could. So that when we returned, the kids would still know who I was and still have that uh, attachment to me. And then through the Zoom connections, we would read some stories. We would uh, introduce or reintroduce some of the imaginary fictional characters that we have in the forest. Like we have these different characters that the kids have come up with down the years and they don't always set eyes on these imaginary characters, but sometimes they set little tasks for us and little goals. So through the Zooms and through email and through sharing videos with the families through an app that we have, we would uh, we would set little tasks for the kids each day. Whether it would be, there was one story one day where numbers had been missing from the number planet. So the kids were sent out mm-hmm. to look around their community for the missing number three. And then the same, the next day there was a, a letter missing from the letter planet. Again, all these imaginary uh, yeah. places that we've created down the years so the kids had to go out with their mums and dads and look for these letters so it's essentially a type of scavenger hunt and then each day at the end of the zoom I would just set another challenge and the kids would uh, report back to me with, uh, with their photos with their videos that they're that they've taken with their parents in the outdoors with um, a particular tree they'd found or I made a little map of the local area and I'd taken photos around the local area and the kids had to go match those up so 
yeah, so there's just lots of little goals, little activities, pretty open-ended still. It uh, was just an excuse to go out and start walking and wandering around. It wasn't really, I don't really think too much about it. Is it, if it going anywhere? It was just more, okay, here's some things that I do with the kids outdoors and uh, hopefully this will be beneficial to you. And then as the weeks went on, the uh, the parents kept coming to me for more and more like content, so to speak. So I had to come yeah. up with more and more things for them to do with their kids. So that's when we started to realize that maybe there's a, maybe there's something in this. Yeah. Oh man. I'm sure that those families appreciated those resources so much. I know as a parent with young kids this last year, just, I mean, the outdoors was really our sanctuary and our place where we could kind of breathe a little easier and, and get some relief. And so having a, you know, a plethora of ideas of how to spend that time outside was invaluable. And now obviously that did lead to, to more, right? You started to think about how you could expand these resources to reach more families. Yeah, as I mentioned, so as the uh, the weeks went on with uh, with COVID, more and more of the parents were reaching out to me for like just little tips and ideas, and they were letting me know the areas they were about to visit and if there's anything that I could recommend, or even little small, not necessarily activities, but little you know play prompts that can get the, the imagination started. And so, as I said, that just made us realize that there was a demand for content and coupled with the fact that many of the outdoor schools here in Vancouver, and I also know back in Scotland, are all waitlisted. It's clear that mm-hmm. there's there's a big growing demand and understanding for the benefits of outdoor play. So it was just one day when I was on a walk with my wife, April, who's part of the Twigs team, and I was talking about the week ahead and trying to come up with ideas and prompts that I might give for this week's activities. And then... So that was when she thought, well, could this all be you know, put onto an app if that was possible? If there's a way to yeah. just really simplify instead of sending emails or me sending videos, if it could just be like one resource that would have all of the uh, the activities. And then my wife at the time worked for a technology company and she had some uh, contacts, two of our friends, Hannah and Terran. Uh, and we all have different skill sets. So Hannah's a project manager, Terran's our technical experts, and April's our sales and marketing expert. And then, of course, I'm there for the outdoor content. So just mm-hmm. in talking, we thought, well, we could probably do this relatively easily if we just all you know, pulled our skills together. And uh, and that was like, yeah, the first step in creating Twigs Outdoors. Yeah, that's great. So you had a, all the different skills that you needed come together to make that happen. That's, that's really amazing. So you started to gather all these all your ideas and information into creating this app that you've since put out into the world. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, where you went from there and what, what did the Twigs app end up becoming? So we always knew it was going to be an app. We just weren't really sure if or what that would look like, uh, how it would be, you know, searchable. So we did a lot of research and thankfully through our families and also through my school we had a a big bank of parents that we could survey so we did a bit of surveying and the feedback was super positive about there would be a demand for this app people would use it and they gave us feedback as to what things they might want to see in the app so we also did some research as to what else is out there and we found that there is a lot of outdoor idea content available on the web but it's very scattered around the place if you if you know what I mean. So you might have to find sure, some content yeah. on Instagram following a hashtag, or you might find some on Pinterest, or it might be on a parent's blog. And the example we like to give is 
sometimes when you find content, it's like when you find a recipe when you're very hungry and then you uh, you just want the recipe, but you scroll around paragraphs about how the recipe was afforded to someone's mum back in the day. And yeah, you right. just like scroll and scroll and scroll, like just give me the recipe, please. And then so with that and also the feedback from the parents, we realised that the app needed to be very like, simple, straightforward, and the activities the same, like just a few bullet points just to get things started because the feedback we were receiving from the parents were that sometimes they have mind blanks and they're not sure what to do when they, they go outdoors. And there was one story that was shared with us about how a family had a big ambitions of going outdoors one day and the dad parked up the car and paid for all day parking. And then within an hour, their child was a little bored and the parents weren't sure how to prolong the day. So they went yeah. home and the dad was frustrated after paying for all day parking. So there's lots of little tales that we were we were, sh- were shared with us about just how knowing that the outdoors is important, but not knowing what the first steps are. Or a lot of parents admitted to losing their imagination down the years. So sometimes their kids would have a wild imagination and they weren't quite sure how to run with it. So that's where our activities are are designed around either one to just get things started get the ball rolling or two how to fire up the children's imagination and your own so they're not the activities are not seeing we hope as a tall structured play or at all as uh, with an end point in mind there are no check boxes or no this is what you have to achieve for the activity if you want to follow it to the letter that's great but we just hope it sparks a little bit of imagination and then your children can run with it and Uh, They can go in any direction they wish. Well, I love this app. I think I came into contact with you and your team around the time that you were getting ready to launch it. And then I'm pretty sure I downloaded it like the first day it was available and, and we've used it quite a bit. But some of the things I love about it that I'll point out um, are, like you said, it's kind of gathered all of these activities into one place that makes it really, really easy to find an activity that makes sense for you. So you can look, um, you can explore the activities on the app and you can look based on what the weather is like where you are, what type of location you're in, what the ages of the kids are. So it, it makes it so easy to find a play idea that makes sense for you in the moment. It's like you're saying, if you're you're kind of stuck you're at the park and now you've got a kid who's ready to just leave and they're bored and you're not sure what to do. You can quickly just pull the app up on your phone and say, okay, let me see what, what's an idea that I could use right now in the moment. So that is to me, that's just so awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Emily. Yes. That's, uh, that's essentially what we, we tried to do is just make it so easy, so accessible and, because I know what it's like, even myself doing the uh, the job coming up 11 years now, there's some days when your brain is just not fired up. And sometimes when I'm out with the kids and maybe they need a little prompt, sometimes I come up blank just because it's just the way we are. We're human. Sometimes we forget things. Sometimes we're not uh, we're not firing all cylinders. So uh, yeah. sometimes I'll open up the app and then as soon as I see one activity, my, my brain gets fired up again. And before you know it, we're going in all different directions, imaginatively and uh, literally. <laughs> yeah. And that's for sure the same with kids too. I mean, sometimes they can, you can give them one little idea, you know, about let's see if we can, you know, create a ramp and roll this ball down the hill and that can snowball into a million different things. And so it gets their creative juices going too, when they might be stuck in a rut where they feel like they're not sure what to do right now. Exactly. It's just, it's just helping take the first step. It provides play prompts. It provides questions to ask your child because People often think of activities as, you know, 
like a start and a finish and projects you have to show for it. But a lot of what we do at Woods and Waves is sometimes you're just sitting there with a the child and you're having these weird and wonderful conversations, which help them in their own kind of wacky way to identify with the real world. So sometimes we'll put in there like questions to ask your children and maybe on the face of it, they seem a bit silly, like trying to guess what the ocean animals may be doing if they're going for a coffee or do the ocean animals go to mm-hmm. school. It may seem silly, but it gets the bra- the kid's brain fired up and whether they can, they wish to dismiss their educator's uh, crazy guess or whether they want to, to add to that. It's just, it's all beneficial for the brain and the brain's growth. And it's, uh, yeah, so again, the activities are there just to prompt them and give them questions, give them ideas and try and help them in any way we can. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned it being good for their development and good for their brains. And that's another thing that I noticed that you include with your activities, mm-hmm. right? Is you include a little bit of information about how that activity is beneficial. Yes, we try and add a little context to each activity because we want, we're big play pioneers. We're big, uh, we're big on play here, both unstructured is obviously our main focus, but all type of play is better than no play. And we've I've noticed in my uh, time in the job that sometimes people still don't fully understand play or play is often seen as a nice to have or it's quite frivolous or play is seeing as something to do when the real hard work of learning is done. And that may be true as we get older, but for a three, four, five-year-old, you know, play is serious stuff. It's how they really learn and it it should be at the forefront of what we we give children, what we aim yeah. kind of for preschool programs to be, as opposed to this image of learning as being like, you know, a teacher standing in front of children and dictated information to them and children sitting there politely and nodding. Or also I've had a little bit of time working in indoor schools when it was really, really, really focused around literacy and it was just we were just driving this information into the kids about sounds and letters. And it got me to the point where I'm thinking, we're not teaching these kids to love learning. We're teaching them to dislike learning because it's, there's nothing fun about it. It's just like get this information into them. And so, yeah, we're, yeah. we're big on play and that's where we've added the context elements to the, to the app. So that if parents are unsure as to maybe why they should be doing it, or if there's anyone who's still on the fence about play, we, we add a little bit of science in there to let them know what's happening to the brain development how it's helping the body how it's helping their emotional uh, developments how it's helping everything because play covers all aspects of a child's development and we like to think with our twigs activities that we, we take them all off also and so yeah the context is there just to add a bit of science yeah i think that's great um and i think it does it really does help both to convince parents who, like you said, might be on the fence or not really sure. I think there is a lot of pressure as parents to do a lot of those academic things, um, you know, buy the workbooks and, you know, focus on academics and writing and, and literacy from a younger and younger age. And what a lot of parents might not understand is how much free unstructured play does benefit all of those things in time. And it really is important for children's development in a lot of great ways. I think it helps kids to be more excited about learning. And also it really does help them later on when they're ready to read and to write and to be prepared for maybe more traditional academics, I guess you could say. 
Well, yeah, like I, I touched on earlier, it's it really prepares the brain, so to speak. It gets it, yeah. the, uh, the neurological pathways fired up. It helps the brain elasticity. It gets it. It's like a workout for the brain, and, and it just helps them for the future, both in learning and also both in problem solving, like thinking outside of the box and being open minded. And I feel sometimes play is is overlooked because the benefits of it are maybe not as immediately obvious as formal learning and. I guess the outcomes aren't quite as tangible, for want of a better word, in that, you know, if if you've really stressed numbers to your children or if you've went to a, a literacy programme, then you might celebrate, oh, great, my four-year-old is starting to read or my three-year-old knows all of their numbers. And that's all great to a certain extent, but what's not visible is what the kid's missing out on in terms of the social-emotional developments, their happiness, their understanding of the real world, like I touched upon earlier, and their their open-mindedness and their problem-solving, because that's something that has uh, has been noticed as disappearing uh, around the world in terms of the university graduates. A lot of people have just been taught to learn the textbook, and when things don't go to plan, it's uh, people aren't as creative as they once were in the past, and that's been linked to a lack of play and a lack of unstructured play in their childhood. Children, obviously, as humans do, have needs, and the need for play, again, is not always obvious. If a child's hungry, it's quite obvious. If they're thirsty, tired, those needs are, are quite clear. But if a kid's missing out in play, it's it can come up in so many different ways. And it's not like, a again, like a, a niche you can scratch. So it's it's not always obvious that play is missing. And that's the thing that the child really, really needs. Absolutely. And play is really, that's what problem solving is. That's what problem solving and creativity comes from it is really a form of play. And I think when you really, as an adult, when you really love your job and you really love doing what you're doing and figuring out solving problems, I mean, that is kind of the play of adulthood in a way as well. And so we are training up our children to be able to fill those creative roles and those problem solving roles because this is the context in which they're having opportunities to solve problems and encounter real life situations where they have to make decisions. Exactly. And as as adults, when we don't play enough, and unfortunately this is again something we're seeing more and more around the world when work is overtaking, you know, downtime and time to play is like as as adults we need to play as well. It's it releases so much yeah. stress, it gives us time to connect with our friends. And obviously community is so huge to humans. And Again, something that is always overlooked with play, I find, is that's yeah, just the uh, the happiness side of it, the you know, yeah. happy hormones it releases, and the, the positive hormones it releases, and the and chemicals it releases in the brain of a child. So, for example, one another story that was shared with us one time by a friend was that they took their kid out to to go outdoors because they knew it was beneficial. That their two year old, I think it was, spent an hour in one puddle, just splashing and putting their hands in, putting rocks in. And then she eventually came back and the mum felt that that time was maybe wasted and it didn't quite go as mm. they planned. So obviously one, when you're getting out there with children, please don't try and have too many you know, end goals in mind. Try and have a loose plan, but also be prepared to go with the flow. And two, it just made us realise that, yeah, some families may realise that getting outdoors is... It's great, but they may not see exactly what the kids are getting from it. So a two-year-old splashing in the puddle is, if nothing else, is just getting so much joy and so much oh, yeah. uh, 
excitement and that can never be overlooked in how positive that is to your to your brain development and how your your well-being even for a two-year-old let alone the facts that they're just let alone that they're doing their own science experiments as they splash and scoop out the water see that the rock disappears try and find it again and see how the puddle uh, you can see the bottom of the puddle is a splash because yeah a lot of the time when the as you touched upon when the kids are playing they're they're doing their own little mini experiments and Sometimes when a kid's playing, we can't always be sure what they're getting out of it or where it's leading, but it's, that's not really for us to worry too much about as long as they're happy and content and they're focused. And you can normally tell that from their body language and uh, then to celebrate that because that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I feel like I could talk forever and ever about play and <laughs> and share stories. <laughs> so I do want to get back to the Twigs app for a minute. I am a huge fan. I think this is a great resource. And if you're a parent or an educator out there and you haven't downloaded it, you definitely should um, check out the activities that are on there. And I wanted to ask if if you have a favorite activity on the app or if there are any activities that have been particularly popular with people, maybe one that would be fun for parents to start with. They're new to the app. Well, it's a great question. Uh I'm not sure I could pick a favorite. It's like choosing a favorite child, I guess. <laughs> so my one of my favorites is adopt a tree. And mm-hmm. it's about choosing a tree in your local area and making a point of visiting it regularly. I mean, ideally daily, but at least once a week. And just checking in on it. Feel free to talk to it. Feel free to try and do a tree assessment every time you're there. See if it needs anything. See if there's anything wrong with it. And then just by visiting it every day, then uh, you can see how it changes throughout the year and you can really just take care of it. And if work needs done, look into how that tree may be needing any help and look into the local authorities. Again, look into your community to see who can help you. And yeah, just get to identify the tree and get to know it. Maybe pick out a certain pattern on the bark each time, see if you can notice it the next time and identify with the leaves, see if they're changing. Feel free to take photos of the tree and maybe once mm-hmm. a month do a spot the difference in the tree. So that's my one, or one of my many favourites. But a lot of the activities uh, the children have to take the credit for. A lot of the activities are inspired by the children uh, from Woods and Waves. So one of my favourites came recently was just dinosaur mouths. And again, it's an activity that may, may not seem as obviously beneficial to some bits, especially when you see this photo of something that's arguably doesn't look anything like a dinosaur mouth. But the kids one day on the beach just started collecting shells and rocks and they noticed a couple of sticks uh, that were in the shape of a mouth. So they started creating dinosaur mouths, velociraptor mouths, T-Rex mouths, all the different sizes. And we started talking about what teeth each dinosaur might need if they were tree eaters or meat eaters. So there's an activity on there called Dinosaur Mouths and there's a photo on there of what the children at Woods and Waves created and uh, it's just very uh, very genuine. So like I said earlier, the children see things differently to us. They observe things all the time that I would have walked past. So yeah. a lot of the activities are, are from the children. Uh, the activities on Twigs Outdoors are from the children from Woods and Waves. Oh. So, uh, so they have to take some of the credit. <laughs> oh, that's really fun. I love that. Well... I want to end by asking you what your favorite way to spend time outside is. Well, I am so lucky to have grown up in Scotland and also now I live in Vancouver and there's so much to do here. 
on a nice winter's day, I could, I love to go golfing, but I'm also lucky enough that the mountains are so close that I could go skiing. So I love to golf, ski, hike. We have beautiful beaches here. So even just a, a day on the beach is amazing. But one of the favorite things I like to do the last three or four years is to spend the weekends essentially going back to work. But I deliberately yeah. go back to some of the spots that uh, I visit with the children. And it's good to relate to the spaces in a different way because obviously I adore my job, but I'm so used to all of these outdoor spaces in the park that uh, I'm so used to having 10 preschoolers alongside me. So to go yeah. there by myself with maybe a tea or a coffee and just stroll slowly down there and listen to the birds and it may sound a little cheesy, but you know, to listen to the forest sounds or if it's rainy, enjoy yeah. all the different smells. It's just nice to be in the same spaces I'm normally with the children, but just in a different way and just experience it and feel the calm nature around me. So yeah, it's just being outdoors is huge to me, but a nice walk around the forest with a, with a coffee is, uh, is perfect for me. Well, that sounds very peaceful and like a great <laughs> day outside. Thank you. Graham, I am so appreciative that you could come on the podcast and just share a little bit about your experience with outdoor play and Thank you so much for creating these amazing resources for parents and educators and inspiring us all to get a little bit more outdoor play into our days. You're welcome, Emily. Thank you so much for having me and spreading the word. And as I tell everyone who downloads the app, it's it's very new. We're learning all the time. And if there's ever any feedback, things people like, things people don't like, or things they'd like to see added there, we're always uh, warmly receiving any kind of feedback and we just want to make it the best it can be so that parents eventually, hopefully worldwide, can uh, can download it and just get outdoors. Absolutely. So everyone listening, your homework is to download the Twigs app. And then Graham, if our listeners want to see more of what you're offering and follow along with um the Twigs app or with what you're doing at Woods and Waves, where can they find you? Uh, the Twigs app is available at Twigs Outdoors, just Twigs Outdoors. Uh, if you search that on the App Store, the app will come up and also Twigs Outdoors and Instagram is where we are primarily active. And if you want to see photos of me and the children exploring in Vancouver here, it's Woods and Waves Van, V-A-N, Woods and Waves Van. All right. Well, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure talking with you. And you too, Emily. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed sitting down and talking with Graham and hearing a little bit more about his experiences and the resources that he is creating and putting out into the world through the Twigs Outdoors app. So let me just summarize a few of what I think are the key takeaways from this episode. So Graham shared with us what he views as four of the top benefits of providing extended unstructured time outside to kids. And those were number one, this creates a connection to the land for children. As they spend time in the same spaces over and over again, they start to build an awareness of their surroundings and the changes that might occur there, both natural and man-made. The second benefit is empowerment children learn that they can make a difference in their communities as they grow this connection to the environment. We can help children to be able to have an impact by empowering them to clean up their green spaces, report issues they might see, and other advocacy. 
The third benefit is imagination. When kids have lots of unstructured time outside, it feeds their imaginations. They are working with open-ended materials and can go in a million different directions with their play. And fourth, the health benefits of spending time outside. More and more as a society, we are moving towards a sedentary lifestyle and being out in nature and being active helps to combat that. And now that you are all feeling a renewed motivation to get outside plenty with your kids this summer, the Twigs Outdoors app is a new resource that can help you to get outdoor play going wherever you are. We all need a little encouragement and inspiration from time to time, and this is a handy tool that you can bring with you wherever you go. You can use the app to find activities that match your environment, the age of your kids, and the weather. And many of these activities are inspired by real-life preschoolers in Vancouver. And I should say, this is in no way sponsored. I just love finding new and helpful resources that promote getting outside, and this is a fantastic one. If you have yet to see this app, look it up on your app store, download it, and just scroll around and see if it inspires you. All right, my friends, I hope you have a great week. I hope you can get in lots of fun, connecting, outdoor play. It is super hot where we are, so I know that we are going to be spending a lot of time playing with water this week. Be sure to tune in again on Wednesday if you do have young kids and I will be providing you with another great outdoor play invitation. And as always, if you would like to connect further, you can find me over on Instagram at Happy Outdoor Families. I would love to see how you're playing this summer and what kinds of fun outdoor plans you have. All right, friends, until next time, enjoy your green spaces and have a great week, everybody. Goodbye.